Hey, welcome back to STS. Those days. Those days, yeah. I remember those days. Some good days. Um, I guess I, I can start with a story. Start with the story. You were telling me it sounded, sounded quite devastating. It's a devastating story. All right, so settle in, folks. Must have been about a month ago. I was, uh, I was feeling restless. So I went out for a little solo session, uh, which always feels really weird because um, the area I was in, it's like, you know, there's people walking around and stuff. So it's like, I gotta, gotta be flumping around everywhere and people looking at me as I'm doing it. Uh, anyways, it's getting dark, so it's dark. I, I then was like, okay, well, there's this ascent that I really want to prep. And uh, I'd like to, you know, film this and get this done as a project. It's not, it's nothing like spectacular, but it was a really fun one to work through. And it had this really cool wall feature on it. And I had, I had done the climb before, but it's like, I'm sh I had it in mind for how to like make it more dynamic and fun. So I went and I started prepping it and I'm like getting dirty. I like cut my, uh, my leg open at one point a little bit. Uh, I was like, okay, well, anyway, I prepped it pretty nicely. Like I just needed to come back and like do the full thing and film it in the daytime. And I was like, cool. I'm like, I have, I have a pretty good plan here. Um, anyway, I just kind of like kept putting it off, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And this like, spot is right on the bike path that I bike between my house and the gym. And so I go past it pretty regularly. And uh, I was just the other day I was like biking home from the gym and I look over and they took the, the, the wall feature off the wall. It's gone. So um, I stopped and I mourned. <laughs> For, uh, for a little while, <laughs> and uh, I even like went around to the corner because that's where the actual ascent was just to see if they had left the piece, and it's like, nope, it's completely gone. So um, if you have something planned, do it. <laughs> do you have pictures or videos of any of it? Uh, okay. Not me doing it, but I have like... Yeah. I have a pic or I have a video of like just kind of like a test like mm -hmm. pass through to mm -hmm. um like okay this is how it might be filmed or something. Do I do I know that like if you showed me it yeah, I would yeah, yeah. recognize? It's um the Arthritis Society. Mm -hmm. It's on the other side. So it's on the side of 10th. Oh, and not I the think alley. I think I know it then. The red mm -hmm. pipe. Yeah. So yeah, it's a big fat red it's pipe. The pipe gone. It's gone. <laughs> They literally took the pipe off of the wall. It's gone. And then the other day I was walking over there and I saw there was a sign and it like it was a sign out front and it was like, you know, something about the building. And it was like, yeah, like, you know, apologize for our mess. We're like renovating the building. Hmm. And so maybe they'll put it back on, but I'm really doubting it. So disappointing. <laughs> Uh, th this is kind of a, you said, you said, if you want to do something, go do it. Go do it. Yeah. Cause there, cause it's, cause the spots are impermanent, mm -hmm. right? This isn't the first time it's happened and on an ascent that was, uh, there was an ascent that was supposed to be an ascension too. That was at UBC. Mm -hmm. That was another really, really cool wall feature. And it was definitely like well suited for a speed climb. And I was like, cool, I'm gonna go do this sometime. I've climbed it before, but I haven't tried to do it fast. And then one day I went to UBC and that was gone. And it was the same lesson I have to learn over and over again, which is if you have something planned, better to just do it sooner, as long as you're prepared for it and you're you know, not taking excessive risk, than to put it off for another day. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a couple of reasons for that too, but there's this, so this particular case is, is a little different maybe than why some people 
put stuff off because it doesn't sound like it was something that was you were scared to do. No. It was something that you had worked through and maybe you just needed someone there to get a clip for you. Like you'd essentially done it. Yeah, I mean, just not like the super dynamic way, but it was not going to be particularly hard for me to get it. Mm -hmm. Like, it might take a few tries to get it like clean and fast, but. Yeah, because I, I think we've all had stuff where, I mean, I think anyone listening who has uh, done parkour for 10 years or more probably can think of scary challenges that they've looked at. Maybe it's even a frequent spot that they go to that they've looked at and known fully well that they have the physical and technical ability to complete whatever the, the feat is, but they're lacking the mental, I think is always the, the common denominator there. Yeah. And, and you put them off. Uh, you put them off, you don't, you maybe don't go through whatever processes or whatever encouragement or whatever training is going to be required to, to get it done. You just kind of put them off and then sometimes eventually one day you just go to the spot, it looks a little bit better, you're feeling good and you do it. But for the most part, I think we, we, uh, we usually put them off. Yeah, I, I, I think it's an interesting like balance that needs to be struck between knowing that things are impermanent and like making sure you are being present and like making the challenge happen so that you can walk away mm -hmm. and be like satisfied that you did what you set out to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just making sure that you're prepared for it and not rushing into things. So, I mean, like you said, like a lot of times this happens as a result of lacking the mental capacity or like being able to deal with the fear that's that you're experiencing that's preventing you from doing the challenge. But, and so, you know, if I'm with somebody who's like going through that process, you know, sometimes I might encourage them like, Hey, listen, like this will probably be here tomorrow. This will probably be here next week. You know, just, you know, go back, like find another similar challenge that you're more um, willing to try and do that first and then come back. Uh, or I'll tell myself that it's like, you know what? I don't need to do this today. Like, I'll come back and you know rework it. Maybe go practice something in the gym that's similar, or practice something some at a different spot outside that will give me a feeling of of additional preparation that might I might be able to carry into this challenge. So so yeah, there's so sometimes that is the right approach to, is to walk away, but there's always the risk that it's gone tomorrow, mm -hmm. or it's under construction, or it's fenced off, or it's. Or in the case of the gym, we change it. Like we take a wall out or we put a wall in and we put something in that like prevents you from doing the challenge. That's happened a number of times for, for, for some people here at the gym. And, and actually this is like um, an interesting conversation around like gym design and build. Um, and I know you have thoughts on this, uh, but and maybe I'll just pose this as a question. What made you decide to build Origins as a spot and not just a fully modular setup? I, I think like a lot of it is my own psychology around training at parks or gyms. I don't like going into a space where there's like a modular thing, like a precision trainer or a vault box that becomes like central to a challenge. I, I don't get excited doing it. And I think part of it is because I'm just too fully aware that that thing can be moved. It can be moved in, and it potentially can be moved an inch at a time, like through the process of completing a challenge. You might be doing like a tic-tac off of a vault box and it's getting pushed, so you gotta push it back. And did you push it closer or did you, you know, I, I just, I never, I, I see it as um, almost equivalent to using mats. Like it's that kind of modification. So the challenges that I do enjoy more and I do get more attached to are the ones that are fixed in place because they're not changing. 
Um, and it also feels like it's less, it's, it's less designed for me. I'm, you know, you're being more creative in making whatever challenge you're making. Whereas the more the things are modular, the more it becomes very clear that this was put here for this. And I mean, you can, you can play around, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you can play around and do stuff like that uh, with, with a vault box. You don't, again, I just said you could tic-tac one. So like, it's not that it's just designed for vaulting or whatever. It's a bunch of different things you can do. But I think it's just those two things that one, it seems more like the creative part is done for me. And then two, it feels like, I guess I should, I'm not a third one too. The second one is that it feels like you can kind of cheat or make things safer, like using mats or similar to like using mats. And then the third thing being that uh, I know it's not gonna be there next time, so there's, there's less of an attachment because you could be, you could show up to a spot or the gym on a day that you're like, I'm not training today or I'm at the end of my session or whatever, but I see this thing that I'm gonna do next time. And so if it's something that's immovable, I'm, I'm not gonna put a vault box back <laughs> like where it was. <laughs> last time uh, so I think it's just those three things that that's my personal psychology and I think it really uh, drives re retention and you're saying like oh why did why was the gym chosen to be this way initially it wasn't really initially we had very limited like we had some bigger areas of like platforms and walls that were fixed but then we we actually relied a lot on vault boxes and things and then just slowly over time built it out more? Yes, so I still think that at the time, at least in terms of, I mean, there wasn't many parkour gyms actually at the time that Origins mm -hmm. was built. Um, at the time, it felt like it was, uh, I guess Tempest was actually very, mm -hmm. very right. much like a spot. Mm -hmm. Like there was very little modular stuff. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum was like parkour visions where almost nothing was fixed. And so mm -hmm. it was all modular. And I, I felt like parkour, or, um, Origins was kind of somewhere in the middle where there was a, uh, it was like a basic spot that then could be at, like have some modular elements to it. And I felt like that was a really good balance of like allowing for the potential for facilitating classes, but also mm -hmm. have longer term challenges. And I guess I, I just want to build on your third point there mm -hmm. because um, with too much impermanence means it's a very hard. It's very hard to set goals, and uh, and achieve things longer term. Um, and a perfect example of this is uh, we had a student last night who an adult student who uh, who he he came up to me during class and was he was like you know I'm really struggling with doing catbacks or 180s or whatever, or princes, or whatever you want to call this move that you start on a wall and then you're jumping away from it. And, uh, and so I gave him some, some, some feedback based on what the problem he was, he was suggesting, and it actually unlocked catbacks for him. He was like, this completely changes everything. And then he went and he did the cat back from the runway to the IMAX wall. And if you don't know Origins, you won't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but this is a standard like cat back precision that um, you kind of it takes a while to be able to do because it's it's like you really need to like have you need to be like confident doing this. This is by no means like an elite level or like an advanced level cat back, but it's once you are really developing your cat back skill and you know how to land on walls, this is the one you kind of unlock. And it's kind of the first like harder challenge I think people will start to, will, um, will be able to unlock. Yeah. And that experience for him was heavily rewarding because he knew about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. He's seen other people do it. He's tried it himself and has failed for, for a long time. And then finally he got the right piece of feedback that was en enabled him to unlock it. And, uh, he posted it on Instagram, like, and he said, like, this is like my biggest achievement. Right. And it's it, it, so far in parkour. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
it's uh, with too much impermanence at a spot or a, in particular a parkour gym, you don't get those types of experiences. But when you have these fixed structures, and this is true for like spots outside, when you see when you have things that are out there in the world that you would really love to try to do, you can put that off for a while, as long as the spot doesn't change, you can put that off for a while, practice, learn, figure out the technique or, or develop your output or whatever it is, or develop your mental ability to do something. And you kind of like build on whatever um, uh, ability that you need to improve on. And then you can take that to the challenge and then accomplish it. And the long-term goals are sometimes the most rewarding ones because you, um, you've looked at it for longer. <laughs> yeah. It, I was going to mention this earlier that the challenges that you leave, particularly like the ones that are, again, st strictly just having a, a mental component that maybe you're not comfortable enough with the, the skill required to do it, um, or maybe it's higher, or maybe it's just something really precise, whatever it is, they, they haunt you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> challenges will will haunt you, uh, and it's it's funny because I think this is part of just me doing parkour for a long time now. Where if they haunted me, I had to I had to like eventually do them. Like if it was just something within like totally reasonable within my skills that I got to do. But sometimes now there's ones that haunt me, where I'm like, I wonder if they'll ever just destroy this thing. Yeah, because <laughs> then. It won't haunt me anymore because it won't be. <laughs> I'll be free <laughs> of ever having to look at this again when we return to this spot, and feeling less less about myself. Every, the the the. I mean, the caveat to that though is every time now I'm biking mm -hmm. home mm -hmm. from the gym, mm -hmm. I have to see this freaking missing pipe from the building, and it's so annoying, and yeah. it's like, that's haunting me. Like, yeah. the, the missed potential that I, like, mm -hmm. could have mm -hmm. done, um, that I missed out on, and... Yeah, there was a, there was a cat leap uh, near my house, and it was really cool, because it was uh, part of a mural that was uh, painted, so it's, it's in the like Emily Carr Art Institute district, and it was the back of the building. It's not a spot, it's not something like, I don't think anyone knew about, but it was like this big pink mural. Nice. And This is salmon. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually started looking at it when I was recovering from my injury, and like measured it out, and it was just like a little bit over 12 feet, and I was like, oh, I can hit this, it's, it's nice and high up too, and I think it just sort of looked cool, because it's on a mural. And when it came around time that I felt like I was getting more ready to do it, it's gone. Oh. Yeah, it's just, there's, they just, I guess, like cut the, uh, um, or I don't know, it's concrete, but they're, they're just cut off, the, like the mural's still there, but like the walls are just like cut off from in front of it. So, I feel your pain. Yeah. Oh, so frustrating. And now, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, oh yeah, like there was, there was the bank over at Granville that had like some like level cats that were really cool. That that's gone now, mm. um, and it's just like, yeah, like spots, like spots are impermanent, and I guess like I, I don't know what the lesson is, right? It's like, like I it's I guess part of it's like seize the day, you know, like make mm -hmm. it like. You know, don't just don't put things off. Like, I mean, if there's a valid reason to put it off, like you're terrified of the potential outcome, mm -hmm. and maybe you're maybe you're feeling unprepared. Like, those are valid reasons to put it off. Or like, you're injured and you don't want to like push through an injury or something mm -hmm. like that just to do it. Valid reason to put it off. But if the only reason you're putting it off is just because like, I don't know, like you just haven't like thought to prioritize it. And that's that's probably a mistake, right? Yeah, I think there's an unwillingness to work through the process. And again, sometimes you might actually be delusional. It might, you know, it could be something that's like an entire foot further than, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a Kong, maybe it's a maybe it's a running jump, maybe it's a standing jump that's definitely further 
than anything you tried before, and I think, or farther, I should say. Uh, than Ooh, that's <laughs> a good grammar. <laughs> it wasn't for a second there. Uh, and maybe, maybe you are out of your element, and 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 you know can't actually do it on that day. So it's you really have to know yourself, but but there are again things and, and for me it's usually there's like a height or a precision component to it mm-hmm. it's not um the, the things that i end up walking away from that i'm not proud of that i that i walked away from and lately i've been trying to do that less i've been trying to uh think about you know every time i go to spots like oh is there something here that i haven't done and and but part of that is the the impermanence of me mm-hmm. not <laughs> Not the oh, spot, which that's is deep. Another, that's another super deep. layer to it, because yeah, you could, you could just hurt yourself one day. You know, there's there's this freak is, injuries that happen. You could hurt yourself one day, and then all of a sudden, you can't go do what you had on your list to do. So actually, okay, so this is sparking a topic that I I kind of want to bring up, and because mm. that's a really really good point. And I've, I've thought about this for a long time, actually, for the last few years. And it's, it's um, like, I like, doing, I like doing parkour for the fun of it. But there's a big part of me that wants to capture everything. And it's this, it's this interesting dichotomy of, like, I want to be in, present in the moment and not worry about filming. But I also want to, like, capture things. But lately, especially in the last few years... I'm like, I'm, I am realizing the impermanence of like my ability and I don't know how long I'll be able to do parkour at the level that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I get injured or maybe I'm just not able to jump as far or not able to like have the, even the time to like dedicate towards like being, uh, being a, a good athlete. So, um, it makes me want to capture everything and, um, and for the purposes of just like documenting, because I love looking back at like what I have accomplished in my parkour career and um, and being proud of those moments. And then if I do have like, you know, kids or 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 even like talking to like some of the other athletes at the gym, whether they're younger athletes or maybe they're like some kids or something like that. And they're like, yeah, can you con gainer? It's like, yeah, I can pull up a video from 2014 where I con gainered, you know? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I could do that, you know? And it's like, it's cool that I have these moments that I could do, I could reference that and pull it out. But, um, I don't know. Like, do you, how do you balance this personally? Do you, like, do you feel this pressure to constantly document? Do you, or do you, are you okay living in the moment? Or is there, is there a balance that you're trying to strike? Depends. I mean, you're, you're aware of like a video project that I've been working on forever. Yeah. And the reason I started that, like the, the actual, the, the real reason I started it is I, it was two years, so it was 2017, <laughs> is when like, I basically started thinking about doing this. I, I actually was going through my Instagram the other day because I was trying to find um, a clip for a Sunday session post. And I went all the way back to 2017. Mm-hmm. That's where I found myself. And I found this jump I did, which became a line that I later recorded that I haven't put out yet. And it was January 2017. And it was that I, I did this, this plyo, and then there was another one. And then there was a sequence after that but I just did the first plyo on it and I posted it and I thought, oh, I want to go back and do the whole thing. I want to, I think I can do this. And at the time I was thinking, oh, I can do this stuff again. Cause, uh, two years before that I had torn my Achilles tendon and I felt like I'm, I'm better than I was pre, um, uh, pre Achilles tear in, in a number of ways, maybe not in like pure, like standing jump output, but in, in every other way that mattered, I was better. So, I, and I just felt like I, you know, I haven't really ever tried to make a, a, a video. I've just got clips over time and then kind of compiled something, but I never went out to like make it. And so that's, that's kind of how it started. And it was at the end of 2017 when I um, started filming stuff and then some of that got reshot, but that's all, you know, other weird parts of the story. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to do this. Uh, but yeah, there, there, there is a need to 
Um, not for everything. So you ask, like, currently, am I trying to uh, document stuff? I mean, I'm trying to document a lot of stuff because I'm trying to trying to brand. <laughs> but but outside of that, in terms of like what it means to me personally, I don't I don't really care. Like, I care about the the project. Mm -hmm. I care about all the clips in that project and being able to put that together as a piece for like this is what I was capable of at this point in my life, stuff like that. But no, not not everything is like super important. I'm just like, oh, this will make good content, basically. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I I basically am <laughs> like ninety percent of the time that I train, I am trying to like I'm not trying to film something, mm. but I would like to have something filmed. Mm -hmm. um, and I could I can live in the moment and like have fun, and it's mm. not. It, I don't feel like uh, like this immense pressure. Like oh, I have to film something or yeah. else I'm not accomplished or anything like that. But it's more like if I do something and I like what I'm doing, I generally want it captured because then I want to be able to reflect on it in the potential future. Mm. For me, it's, I guess, um, yeah, oh, this will make, a, this is something that I can do uh, or that I'm doing in this session. And yeah, like if I, if I, th if I think it's cool, then I'm gonna get someone to record it. Right. Um, but mostly because it's like, oh, I think this will make cool. I, I don't know. I, I think I've talked about this before where when I started parkour, it was like I went to my first parkour jam to film. Yeah. I ended up doing stuff, but I, I went I went there to, to film. Uh, and I kind of always see parkour in third person. Like I rarely, I rarely even visualize in POV. Like I can. I can close my eyes and like kind of, you know, see myself moving. But I'm so often visualizing the like cinematic angle of what something could look like and that's if someone else is doing something if i'm doing something like that's where that's where i'm i'm seeing parkour through is like what's the best angle to to capture this movement oftentimes too like as i'm completing a rep and then like you know getting ready to do another one i'm seeing it through through that way so yeah that's i don't know um yeah, I think there's 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 probably like I, I guess we're we're talking a little bit about ego here and everything too. It's just I guess there's healthier ways of it, but but like I don't I always sort of think like we we go to uh, parkour sessions all the time now and it's like yeah that's a big part of the culture is like recording what you do. This um, is exactly where I was going to take this conversation. <laughs> it's so it's such a big part of like what mm. the culture is, and it's so different from so many other sports. And even like individual sports too that are similar, like to parkour, mm -hmm. um, you know, climbing, skateboarding, skiing, like, like there's content that exists in all of these sports, mm -hmm. but it's like you go to a skate park and you don't see people just like constantly having somebody like film a line for them or film mm -hmm. a trick. Um, it does happen. But it's it's way less a part of the culture. Like there is like of course like skate parts are like a big thing and like you know they'll bust out the nice camera to like get the cool uh, tricks mm -hmm. captured. But for parkour, it's like even the like littlest things we're like capturing. Yeah. And it's such a like you said, it's such a big part of the culture. Well, it wasn't always. I, I think uh, social media and just 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 a volume approach to content or branding and, and I think that's something actually people need to ask themselves too when it comes to social media use is like what is your goal with this I think some people will record things and then upload it as if it's a journal and you can usually tell like they're pretty low effort in terms of the the actual recording and stuff some people get a little bit more um intricate with it with the you know telling so from here you know <laughs> and everything so, so I think people need to need to know, like, okay, like, what's what's the purpose of recording? Because there's definitely like some unhealthy headspaces you can get into. Um, for for me, and I was actually going to say because we were talking about parkour culture, but this is a good example. Uh, I think it's also scene dependent. So when I went to Montreal, uh, I went and trained two days in a row, and the first day, actually both days, was a crew of like eight or more people on a weekday. I was the only one recording anything. 
And I felt kind of weird about it a little bit, but also not because it's, it's normalized for me now. Just to, and everyone, like, every time I asked someone, they were, like, willing to, and it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, weird or anything. It's just there was a lot of stuff. Like, there were multiple guys there, like, better than me doing, like, doing better stuff that weren't recording anything, you know? And I don't know if this was, like, just, oh, because sometimes, like, uh, if I'm drilling stuff or getting reps of something, I'm not going to record it. If it's something new, new, cool, exciting, I want to record it. And, of course, I'm in a different city so everything's new and cool and exciting uh but but i was also in this this uh frame of mind where it's like i've been trying to do more content um and if i was like even better if i was this like if i was even better at parkour i'd be able to get more content but because i'm not the greatest it's like oh like i might do one thing that i think is like content worthy (laughs) per per session right Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's all relative. It's all relative to everybody. And, and then we've talked about, like, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Anything can go viral. Anything can get attention. Um, and and social media is a, is a volume game, and I'm trying to play the volume game. I've Eventually, given, I'd like to play a bit more of the quality game, but, you know. I, I've given this, this, um, this piece of advice to a, lot, to a number of people that, mm-hmm. where I've heard their, them be like, oh, is this, like, good enough to post? Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, like, shut that part like i i fall victim of this too like i'm always just kind of like eh, i don't know if i want to post this um but usually i just post it anyway and my advice is usually just like get rid of that voice in your head that's saying is this good enough to post mm-hmm. and just do it anyway because you never know what people are gonna like mm-hmm. and even if it doesn't do super well whatever your standard is if it's a thousand views ten thousand views three hundred views i don't know like it like in the grand scheme of things the only, the thing that's holding you back from posting is the ego that's getting in the way of you like being afraid of judgment mm-hmm. and so i think the people who tend to be successful of course are people who are higher level but also people who are just like unafraid to just try and like just see what works yeah and so and that's if you're goal is success on social media but even then like if you're posting on social media what's what's your what's your point here you mm-hmm. know are you sharing it because you want to share it with like your five friends and your family who's watching you or mm-hmm. and like you're just documenting like a journal as you said yeah or are you posting this for the wider parkour community to be interested in or or potentially even beyond parkour and in those cases or in any of these cases, I think, like, don't let your ego get in the way of sharing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you, and I, I have an answer for this for myself after, mm-hmm. too, but I just want to start with you. What, what is your, and we already talked about it a bit with, like, larger projects and be able to show things, but just to kind of, like, wrap it together, um, you know, what is your purpose of having an Instagram account that you post parkour on? Semi, not super regularly right now, but at times, <laughs> quite at times regularly. More regular. At times, quite regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's the personal journal element mm-hmm. of it, which I find to be very. Um, I that I would say actually that's like my favorite thing about it mm-hmm. is that like I could. I could go back and I'll, I'll like find something. It's like wow, I like I did that in 2015. You know, and it's. It's just kind of like, it's cool to look back on, on things like that. So that's one element of it. Um, another part of it is I like sharing my perspective on parkour um, through, like, through the, the movements that I choose to do. So like, you know, dive holes, for instance. Pretty rare to see people diving through small spaces. Mm-hmm. And so I think I like the idea of influencing culture in that way same thing with like ascending or or just my take on like the way that i i view how to interact with structures so i like the potential for influencing culture and community um and then there's also just like personal brand development like um which kind of is alongside the same thing as like Mm -hmm. influencing culture and community is that um you know 
if I'm posting on social media, that potentially opens the doors for opportunities like being invited to coach at a gathering or to uh, be on a reality TV show <laughs> or, or even just, um, uh, I don't know, just like being invited somewhere. Um, it, it like opens doors when you, when you do those types of things. So mm -hmm. yeah, and, and in general, like by posting my parkour clips, I have the potential to reach more people Mm -hmm. Um, and then of, of like part of my mission in life, I think is to influence people to do parkour or to like improve at parkour in some capacity. So, um, that, you know, that's what we're doing here at origins. And that's what I would like to, uh, like part of my legacy to be, which is, you know, I influenced people to either start or improve at parkour. So those are the reasons why I post on social media. Um, I'm not particularly good at it right now. I also haven't been doing any parkour for the last almost a month. Yeah. So um, my knee's feeling better though, like the last couple of days. So <laughs> I think the water park fun was, uh, <laughs> it was hurting during it, but the couple of days after it's felt pretty good. Um. So anyway, so yeah, let's, let's hear your say, answer. Uh, why are you posting yeah, on my, social media? My rant about uh, why I post. So I guess uh, I have to think back to like when I started using social media. Does YouTube count as social media? It does, but okay. like I think for the purposes of our of this question, I think it should be more around Instagram or okay. like short form media. I'm gonna touch on YouTube real quick, just because sure. that's where it started. Um, was like like what like sharing video sharing content but youtube back in the day like um when i started using youtube it was like semi-frequent i think we talked about where how it's been an interesting development like where certain types of content belongs mm -hmm. and in instagram world right now it's like if you if you're doing a workout that's on the story you know, i'm not gonna post a squat on uh just a just a, a everyday squat, unless it's like a PR that I'm really proud of or something, that'll go as a post. But if I'm just working out, that goes on the story. Uh, if I'm drilling parkour moves, that goes on the story. But if I do like a new and exciting challenge, that's a post. And I always kind of feel weird about that. And lately I've been trying to just record as often as I can. Um, it's, it's hard to keep up with. Like, I don't know, I did stuff today, but I didn't like record. I, I think it's... Uh, it's a, a thing that someone who's really trying to develop their brand or for whatever business purposes, if you can get on that, it's, it's super helpful, but um, it's a hard habit for me to like, like I can binge on it. I can go for like a week where it's like, I'm pretty much like taking a, I think last time we did, like, yeah, last time we did STS, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna take a little picture of the camera, let people know that I'm, that we're about to record a podcast kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> right now uh so that's i think like the tricky thing is trying to get enough volume but for me i started on inception <laughs> oh no it's not gonna picture up to the okay, picture sorry <laughs> okay so anyways uh long story short for for me uh getting into social media and using it a lot of it was just for like personal which also is, is business recognition. So mm -hmm. I kind of, they're fortunate that I, I live a lifestyle and everything where my, my personal life is very connected to what I do for business and, and um, what I'm trying to make a living doing, which is through parkour, through, uh, through coaching. I'm really past the period where I thought, like that kind of died a long time ago where I thought I could make a go at using like my parkour abilities for like ads or performances and, and stuff like that. Uh, interesting enough, like those things have, have actually happened, but nothing like major and nothing that I'm like, oh, I'm gonna pursue this as a career. So for the most part, like when I post now, it's just to be practicing what I preach essentially, just to show people that I'm doing the things that I talk about on this or whatever saying I do, or, or if I'm coaching or whatever. And I think it's helpful because I think there's a lot of like parkour business owners that don't really train much or don't train at all or don't practice at all, kind of giving it up and they just fall into whatever 
sort of business they're in, uh, but I still do it all the time. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, uh, it matters to me that people know that I'm doing it all the time. Yeah, I think to your, well, first of all, to your credit, you really do practice what you preach, and I think that's something that's super cool about you as a parkour gym owner because there is not a lot of other parkour gym owners out there who are really uh, like putting in the work and training and like actively trying to improve at parkour. Mm. The, there are some. There, yeah. no, don't give me. And, and, and not the you, only one, but mine just a double-edged sword because there are some weeks that go by where I'm like, oh, I didn't get X amount of tasks done because I really got into training this week. And right. as much as people like to <laughs> like to think that, uh, oh, if you go for a training session, you're gonna get recharged and be able to like, you know, get a bunch of work done today. Not my training sessions. <laughs> I feel pretty trashed <laughs> after most of my training sessions. Um, so, so one thing I actually wanted to bring up, which was a really cool thing that Origins did that, uh, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> oh, oh no. Which, it, this was, no, no, so I don't think this should be a thing, but this is what you, what your vision for it was. Mm. Oh, sorry, let me, let me go back a step. I kind of think I know what this is, but. Company yeah. phone plan. Oh, okay, that wasn't what I was thinking. So there was a, <laughs> the whole, like the, my first iPhone that I got was because Origins was like, okay, we're going to do company phone plan, and this is the opportunity. This is how you overspend as a small business. Yeah, by don't the way. do this, by the way. <laughs> um, but it weirdly, I think it, it weirdly paid off. I mean, definitely paid off for me, mm -hmm. um, but I think it weirdly paid off in, in general because the whole mission behind it was we are all, we are all parkour coaches, mm -hmm. And so we should be using the phones to create content, which can then be used to promote us as individuals, which benefits the greater brand of Origins, which I took it to heart at the time, and I was like, cool, I'm gonna like build a huge following on Instagram, and I like made that my mission. This is like, all right, build a following, build a following, like post, 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 do cool stuff, like train really hard, like mm -hmm. be in the public eye as much as I can, um, uh, in parkour, I've since slowed down, and it has nothing to do with the fact that there's no longer an Origins phone plan. Um, but that was what kind of sparked the uh, the desire to like be on social media and like be putting myself out there. And that's not the only reason, but it was definitely a big part of the influence. Because that before that, I didn't have a phone camera like I or I probably had like a crappy phone camera mm -hmm. um, and so I think that was one cool thing that you did as a business owner was that you were like encouraging us to build our brands mm. I mean I still encourage it but I haven't bought anyone any phone yeah <laughs> yes um, but the, but the, but ultimately, what ended up happening, like, like not everybody like really tried. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it, it was, a cool idea that didn't end up like becoming what I think you I guess originally intended it for for it to be. But on the other hand, like there was other things that that you were doing that was helping to build the brand, like creating Origins mixtapes or um, the or old Origins method tutorials or like the other content that we were putting up on YouTube mm. and in general using as a way to promote um, the gym and also the in instructors or team around the gym. So yeah, like social media and and you know, podcasts or like you know, videos like action edits, tutorials. These are all things that can really help create a bigger brand, or mm -hmm. like create like a, a a brand around a parkour gym. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened over the course of the last eleven years. Eleven? 
Yeah, we're about to 11 years. will be September. There you go. Hey. <laughs> 11. Unrelated. <laughs> Can I uh, segue this to something more, more current? Because we were, we were going to... Uh, we, before we sat down and started recording today, okay. I was like, what's before happening? You do, before you okay. do, this will segue this. to... Okay. Um, Whoa, I was, I was going to do the segue. No, 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 I'm going to do a segue. <laughs> and the segue is, so around creating content, yeah. um, you've been talking about this for a long time. Mm. Many, many episodes, actually, we've, mm. talk, we've talked about this, mm -hmm. is your video. Yeah. Is that going to be done this year? Yeah, it'll, uh, I actually am trying to meet with Matteo, right? So, yeah, I have, I have a video, uh, sorry, Storyteller, who I've been recording this with. Oh, I asked, him, I asked him once. I asked him once. I was like, "You videographer?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Definitely not content creator." And he was like, oh, "Story." I don't know if he was dead serious because he's kind of up there. But, anyways, uh, I'm gonna say. So you're working with a storyteller. Yeah, I'm working with a storyteller. Um, but the funny thing is, I have to meet with him on Monday because part of the meeting is gonna be talking about how are we telling this story about this project that took way too long because originally it was just gonna be like a four minute action edit. That's yep. all I wanted to do. But I feel like there's. Too much, too much uh, in, in it that I, that I feel like there too needs to be. Too much drama happened in the process. Yeah, there needs to be, uh, there needs to be some story. It needs to be a bit of a longer piece. Uh, giving myself a deadline. Uh, it's going to premiere at uh, PKBC, which I haven't announced yet, but that'll be the final week of September. And I would love to also submit it for Join or Die. Um, so I, I still have, I'm planning to do... Um, one or two more shoots. There are one or two more things that I want to want to do. Uh, but if I can't get them out of myself, the project does have to have to be done. It's just kind of like okay, that's this reflection of how good I am or not, basically. Um, okay. But I have been having this. Um, I've been saying this uh, the phrase "now or never" to myself somewhat frequently. Um, been kind of the theme yeah impermanence yeah this is kind of ties into the topic we were talking about earlier but um the other segue i wanted to make too so was that was that your segue to to that yeah. uh yeah it, yeah it was but so i, I, I wanted to i wanted to segue to long form content a little bit yeah. um because we talked about this in the uh uh sorry the previous episode about the commons releasing their website and which then they also just announced join or die submissions are oh, okay, cool. open so like and and they i don't know if they took our advice but they've <laughs> i think revamped it okay. so that they are accepting submissions initially cool. having the panels the judges look mm -hmm. over and then basically asking for resubmissions okay. um with comments or whatever cool which is really cool that's a really cool concept um but yeah. anyway, sorry, go well, ahead. Well, one of the points I wanted to make was we, we were um, just finished our, our staff fun day on, uh, on the other day, a couple days ago, and we were back here having some barbecue, and Ian, who is our resident physiotherapist, was also at the barbecue, and he was asking, is there going to be a summer edit that comes out? And I think he was referring to, like, mixtapes, but there's one that we called, like, I stopped using the name mixtapes, there's one that was called, like, Some Summer or something. And that's what he was referring to it as. And I said, like, yeah, like, I, I really, you know, I got uh, a gimbal and a new camera at the beginning of the year. And the purpose of getting that kit was to try to see if we could go out and uh, get, some, get some parts for a lot of the athletes in Vancouver, not just coaches at the gym, but I had a list of, of athletes I wanted to cover. And I still like to do that. It's just that summer kind of quickly gets away um, from, I think, both of us. <laughs> Uh, a lot of it doing to do with like competition planning, uh, and then you know the gym has camps, and so a lot of people that are that would be in videos, they're they're coaching or they're working, so it actually becomes quite hard because we have all these like professional obligations around parkour, so much so that we can't actually record parkour, and then the other layer to that is that it's just I think people have this um, problem with like delayed gratification where it's like, oh, I, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to get a clip of it right now and then and then post it. And so we have this, um, I actually credit Jimmy the Giant to uh, uh, promoting this a lot, which was like the Savior, Savior. Clips. Uh, so I, I do want to say that this is this is my favorite thing to do with parkour. Mm. Like, I, I, you know, Instagram is a fun thing, mm -hmm. but 
I much prefer making longer form content and like filming it with like a DSLR and a mm -hmm. gimbal maybe or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, or even a GoPro, like whatever it is, and just kind of saving it for like a fuller edit. Yeah. Those are my favorite projects to be a part of. And so. Yeah. Um, I, so what I was gonna say is that, and this is what I was saying to Ian, is that the, the motivation for it, so you're, you're clearly motivated to do it, but I don't think that that motivation is shared across, across parkour. Um, and because there is, uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting because I don't, I think some people will speak up about this and think they're speaking to the collective, but they're not. So, for example, the commons, part of their mission is like, we hate Instagram. We hate the yeah. part, like, verbatim what yeah. <laughs> um, uh, David Ehrlich said is like, we hate the parkours on Instagram. And it's like, whoa, well, some people really love the parkours on Instagram and are using it in such a way to reach audience. Like, Bob Reese, I don't know if Bob Reese cares to make a big edit. Maybe he will. That would be pretty cool, but he's someone that really has benefited from Instagram, has benefited from, from short form content and putting stuff up frequently. So it doesn't speak to everybody. I'm definitely in your boat where I, I like projects and I'm, I'm also very critical of projects I'm <laughs> of how they, how they get done. But uh, it is something that I want to see more of is, is, yeah, definitely more long form. But I, but I understand that there is not a shared motivation to, to create such things, particularly because you could put something up on YouTube and it doesn't get near as many eyeballs as it does on um, Instagram. And you could put something up on the, co on the Commons website and I guarantee you it doesn't get as many eyeballs as it would on, on your Instagram account because that's a, a private website that also potentially for some projects is going to have a paywall. Um, also, Callum had like a Callum tip about this like the other day where he was saying, stay in the parkour bubble, basically, like promoting oh, people yeah. to like, don't go viral, stay in the bubble because you're um, submitting yourself to like these weird criticisms. And I feel like he's definitely not speaking to me there either because I'm at a point in my life where I embrace all of the attention. Like, that's, give me the negative and the positive. It's a, a bold thing to say for somebody who just like does viral video content on YouTube <laughs> for a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, may need some clarity on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his yeah. whole his whole career is based on trying to reach people yeah. outside of the parkour bubble. I can't put too much stock on Callum Tips because I know there's there's a. Large grain of sarcasm that goes into yeah. into those, but um, I would I would be interested to have uh, some of his clarity on on uh, exploring I, that topic. I see, I see what he's saying. It's like it's a valid thing. Like a lot of the times when you know clips do go viral, there's a lot of um, we'll say we'll call them muggles, but you know <laughs> it doesn't need to be a derogatory term. Um, there's a lot of people in, in the comments that are like making fun of parkour or in the case of if you're a woman saying like this isn't real parkour or like saying misogynistic or like hateful comments even if you're not a woman it could be just like really hateful um stuff uh like we, we had a viral post that was that received a lot of hate um from a lot of people and it's and and it on the one hand, yeah, like you're, we're gonna, you're gonna, if a post does go viral, you're gonna get that hate from a subset of the population. But they're also the most vocal. So like you also might be reaching a, a demographic that might not otherwise normally see this content and they're mind blown. And then that makes them like more interested in parkour, either as a fan or potentially as somebody who might want to get into it. Think about when I started parkour, I mean, your, yours was different because you were introduced by others. Like others were like, Hey, like we're doing parkour. Mm -hmm. come film it. For me, it was like the content like drew me in. I was like, okay, David Bell's doing incredible things there on was, YouTube. There was or, some content. Like, they, they showed me videos. Okay, yeah, so. it's, uh, like, mm -hmm. Oleg Vorslav's mm -hmm. video, and it, it was like, wow, this is, this is possible. Mm -hmm. I'm so impressed. I have to try this. And we're, like, we're doing that with other pieces of content. Storer has done this. 
you know, the people have gotten into parkour as a result of story, either as fans or as people who are actively trying to do parkour. Mm. Anyway, um, so the YouTube game, or the longer form content mm-hmm. game, uh, definitely my favorite type of parkour to engage in is stacking clips and kind of putting together a project and being like so excited that like, okay, this isn't done yet, but it's going to be done, you know, soon and I'm going to be able to release this and then people are going to be able to watch it mm-hmm. instead of just like the, inst- as you said, the instant gratification of Instagram, which can sometimes be fun, but I would much rather save the clips. Yeah. I, I think something we talked about too with, um, I guess one of the problems with long form is the lack of like story or concept or just reason, you know, like, like context yes. for it to be done. So I think um, like you've put out all of your, all of your recent, <laughs> so Ascension 1, Ascension 2, and, and uh, Dive Holes, you know, they're all around, there, there's, there's a context to it, there's a, there's a, there's a theme, and they're, and they're shorter. Uh, had you made one of those edits longer, mm-hmm. say if one of them was like 20 minutes, I, it's hard to watch. Like I'm just thinking, like of an ascension. Like as it's it's really nice when it's packaged together. It's like oh wow, impressive. And then you just get lulled to sleep, where it's like I've seen it all. Yeah. And I remember you being critical of your own edits um, as well when you're making them, where you're like, is this repetitive? Is this too much? Is this? Like- yeah. <laughs> At a certain point, it's just kind of like, all right, we get it. You climb up buildings, you know. <laughs> So, but yeah, like, so for, especially when it gets to like a longer form, if it's non-narrative, it gets real hard to watch most of the time. There's, there's exceptions mm-hmm. um, where you can make it interesting and, and still like a piece of art to, to watch. But I do find that if you're doing a non-narrative video and it's going longer than 15 minutes, you're asking a lot of the audience member to be continuously interested for the whole piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I, I don't know if I've, I've been watching a lot of parkour for a long time. Um, I don't think I ever really enjoyed, as much as some, I will say. I'll say like there's people that enjoy just watching parkour for what it is more than I do. Like I have less of an appetite for it, and I th- but I think I always have. I think since I started, it's like someone release a video, watch it once, maybe twice. Be like that was really cool. I want to go train now. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, yeah. So, having said all this, there is a project that's coming out in. Uh, I guess it's the August, end of August. Mm-hmm. It's after SPL two, um, which. There will be more information about STL2 <laughs> announced in the near future. Uh, it's the weekend after, so it's it's premiering in London. It's called Project Next Gen. And I guess uh, Maximus Ward is the... Filmmaker. Producer, yeah, filmmaker behind this project. And it's nine different parkour teams. And I think it was like 60 athletes. And it was all filmed in Spain. So we have, uh, they released the teaser, I think, a day ago, and it was um, kind of detailing what the project is and that it's going to be premiering. Um, Do you have any thoughts on on this project? We don't really know much about it other than what I've already just announced. So before the teaser, there was, I think there was a graphic that was, or like notes, and so I've known bits about it for a while and have been been, uh, intrigued for a while. Um, I only heard about this yesterday. Because I, I like the idea of next-gen. I just remember, um, uh, was it Resurgence? Was Is that the modus one? Or, or is there a yeah. different... T- Resurgence yeah. is the one where it's like all the, the new, young, like up-and-coming guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it had... Um, it had the Run LDN. The Run LDN, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it was. So it was just kind of like younger athletes in London who were really good that you probably hadn't heard of. I think... Uh, Resurgence was just done so well. Well done, Giles. <laughs> I think just just the way that that video was released was well because there wasn't there was some buildup, I think, but it hit so hard. I could go watch that right now and enjoy it. I think. Uh, anyways, I, I feel like this is on the same sort of theme, but but obviously going to be more of a longer format. I can tell you that the trailer didn't blow me away. Um, it 
there's there's some action in there, but I didn't really see anything that was like really. I, there was nothing. I was like, I have to see this. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't any action, and, and not to say that there's not going to be. I'm still intrigued to watch because there has to be some. I mean, some of the teams that that are in there are like really like heavy hitters. Yeah, you have to wonder too. Like, has any of this been? Has any of it been put up on Instagram yet? You know, have we already seen clips in one shape or another? Because that always um, softens the impacts of, of yeah. that a video can make. I suppose it's possible, but I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be optimistic and say no. But um, but yeah, the, the teaser was pre- it was kind of underwhelming. Like it, it kind of announces, you know. Uh, nine teams, sixty athletes, mm-hmm. one city, and that's like that sounds really cool. The the like the first piece of action it shows us is a double cork, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like ah, uh, like I don't know. Like, yeah, that was a weird. About that was a cork? weird opener because it's like double cork, and then yeah, and yeah, then I don't know. Like, I'm I'm assuming there was a maybe line was, behind that that was like a big deal, or maybe the double cork was just the celebration, and then, in which yeah. case that's cool, but. Yeah. But but like we don't have any context around it. And then like more. and then the, the the teased jumps. There was like like I don't know. Just n- nothing was like pulling me in. Like wow, I have to see what happens here. In contrast to like Capstone Swarm, it was like that was a great trailer because mm-hmm. it was like oh my god, <laughs> he's gonna jump off of that. Yeah. Like yeah, it was it was so like I have to see this. Yeah. Whereas this one, I don't know. Like, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's gonna be a cool watch, and mm-hmm. there's going to be incredible things that happen in it, but it definitely didn't pull me in um, in any way that makes me like, like oh, I have to watch it, but I probably will watch it. I'm, I'm assuming it will be behind a paywall, but maybe it mm-hmm. won't. Do, do, do you know what I'm curious uh, to listen to is uh, Josh Doey's reaction to the trailer? Because he's probably going to like comment on each thing that like happens in the trailer, and I'm going to be like, oh yeah, I guess... That was like for me. I'm just watching the show. There's 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 little glimpses of each move, but like nothing that there's like there's some some big stuff, but it's not like it doesn't seem like anything that when you when you compare it to like Capstone's uh, trailer, where it's like there were nu- numerous things in that trailer that looked bigger or better than I had seen before. And I didn't get hit with that a single time during this trailer. It's like someone doing a big reverse fault over a gap, but I'm like, yeah, I've seen that, and it doesn't look like a bigger gap than I've seen is is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but it's also so short, and it really is just a tease. But mm. it didn't really tease me. <laughs> but it, yeah, and, it, and it, ends, it ends with like the the uh, I don't know the athlete at the end who's being interviewed. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I have no idea. Please help us with uh, who is at the end of the teaser trailer. I don't know who that is, but basically saying, you know, we need to show what people are capable of. Which, like, yeah, that's that is the. I think the if you're an, a next generation talent, if you're a next generation athlete, that is your job is to outperform who came before you. But I didn't see any of that in the trailer, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Um, I'm curious to see how long it is. There, if there's 60 athletes, that means it's probably going to be definitely a longer form video. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, I'm curious if it's just going to be action or if it's going to have some mm-hmm. uh, some like narrative behind it. Um, yeah, I don't, there's not much more to talk about, I guess, around it because there's not much more information to talk about. Uh, I mean, we can talk about the teams that are involved. You want to go through the list? Yeah, headed up here. There's there were a couple that I don't know. So we got uh, ones that I do know: Gang Wizzy, Gang Wizzy, Free Running Schlappen, yeah, Scruffy Boys. Scruffy I, Boys. I know some of the members, but Pasta Moves. Um. Uh, so, oh, okay, so Blent Crew. I don't know. I don't Blent know Crew. I don't know Blent Crew. I don't recognize that flag. That's from Spain. All right. Um, I don't know. I don't know my flags. Don't know my flags at all. Street Sharks. Street Sharks. I have no idea where they're from. Oh, they don't have many posts at all. Yeah, <laughs> six posts. Uh, Avanti Garda. Yeah, which also. Um, so we 
got to watch uh, their recent project, but I don't know when that's coming out or if it's out even. Uh, Team Fat. Team Fat, we know. Street Media and Fifth Unit. And did you say free running Schlappen? I did, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Fifth Unit, I know. Yeah, no, so that, that's, those are, the, those are the teams. So there's definitely some heavy hitters in there, some, some that I am really excited to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously there's, there's definitely some of those I've never heard of some mm-hmm. of those teams, which is cool because it's putting more of them on the map if they, uh, if they show mm-hmm. out. Here's a question for you. What's the age cutoff to be next gen? It's not a real question. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess anybody who's still practicing right now is part of like the next gen. Of, <laughs> you know, I was next gen at one point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was too. Weird. Actually, here's here, here's a comment challenge. Now we're old. Heads. Here's a comment challenge because we we had a conversation about this. Uh, but here's a comment challenge. How many generations are there in parkour? How many generations are there? And if you can, explain what each generation is. Yeah. Are we, are we going to try to answer this right I now? St- well, so my answer was three. How many generations in parkour? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's more than three. Okay. Maybe we can talk about that next time. Next time? Give us something okay. to talk about. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, are we going to wrap it up there? I think we have to wrap okay, it up there. Okay, excellent. Well, that was a great conversation. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having it with me. I was going to go for the handshake at the end. Um, <laughs> if you like the video, please uh, please do like and subscribe. It helps us out. Uh, stay tuned for uh, future episodes and more content on our YouTube as usual. Thanks again.